It's baseball season at Three Punk Ales, home of La Flama Blanca Pale Mexican Lager. Located in the heart of the South Bay at 259 3rd Avenue, Chula Vista. We're just a minor threat. Three Punk Ales. You're listening to the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Another wonderful episode of the Emo Brown Podcast. Joining me today, Caesar the Beer Guy. I hate that name. The right hand guy. Why do you hate, why do you not like Caesar the Beer Guy? Because I'm more than just beer, Esteban. Esteban, you better drop that in, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> and today we also have John Gennaro. Who is John Gennaro? Why is John Gennaro here? Why is there an Italian on the saddest Mexican podcast? They're we're gonna address. Mexicans. We're gonna address all those things. John Gennaro is a is a podcast legend out of San Diego. He's the one who uh, gets a. Uh, he's amused to most people, to me specifically. I'm amused. Yes, okay. you amuse me. You. <laughs> Jesus Christ. John Gennaro, was... tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me, t- tell me who the fuck you are and why you're here. Welcome. I don't know why I'm here. I'm cheers. here. I'm here. Cheers. 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 A little something for the cold. Go ahead. I'm here because you invited me. Mm-hmm. One, you're always welcome. You've been a mentor as it relates to Emo Brown. I have a I have a very big network of people who I I, I tap into and and pick their brain, and I've picked your brain. Uh, you've given me positive feedback on how to grow this thing of ours. But you, you have a podcast that I actually listen to when it comes out. I believe it's on Tuesdays and Fridays. Am I tripping? No, that's about right. That's about right. Yeah. I listen to it on Tuesdays and Fridays. It's a make the Padres great again. Yeah. And you are also part of the SB Nation podcast group. Yeah. He is the SB Nation. You are the SB Nation podcast group? Yeah. All right. So you can get me a job. You can can actually make Nemo Brown. He can take us on that level. I mean... (laughs) Thank you. That, that I'll would, take that, that as a yes. That, that would be like saying uh, you have an open position for a brewer, so you can hire me and I, I will just brew your beer. All right. But you wouldn't. Because, oh, wait, you're saying I like the skills. I'm saying oh, they're different you skills. motherfucker, you. <laughs> Who are you? Tell me a little well, bit more about thank yourself. Thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a quick interview. <laughs> it's, been, it's been awesome. Um, I don't know. What do you want to know? Everything, bro. There's what, a lot. What, what, what got you into one? Okay, because... Um, I spoke to Craig Elson, your partner in crime, yesterday, and I really wanted to get into the weeds of uh, of podcasting and such. But he took me into the weeds of of radio broadcasting and Ooh. the dramas Ooh. and the hatred and the backstabbing and everything that is involved in radio. And it turns out Clear Channel is at the center of all of that. It's a revolving door of like we're been bought out, we're buying somebody out, we're letting everybody go, we're bringing everybody back on. It's crazy. So basically, I feel like the moral of the story yesterday was like for those who want a job in radio, don't run away from it. But he came from radio. John mm. got his start in radio. That's when we well we met under weird circumstances. We did meet under weird circumstances. I don't even know if I was in radio then. You weren't. Yeah, that you were, was you were trying to get into radio. That was my that my pre radio days. Yeah, yeah. John and I met at Petco, Petco Park, and 
I just knew him from Twitter and mutual friends. Twitter. And I had a, a weed lollipop that was very strong. Mm. And I said, you should try this. Pre-COVID. And, and he took it out of my hand and said, I should. And he sucked shared, your lollipop. We, we shared a and weed lollipop. And then I gave it back to him. <laughs> Pre-COVID for sure. Pre-COVID for the first introduction. So, Damn. What brought you into radio? Um, so I had done like a million different things. Uh, just, I had no real goal in life. I was just like going from job to job and doing stuff that I thought would be fun. And then it wasn't fun. And I had a job running a web development design company. So we were building websites for industrial manufacturers and distributors and literally sounds like the most boring thing in the world. And then I started dating this girl in LA and she had a nice, pretty big apartment. And we got to the point in the relationship where it was like, okay, well, you got to move here. I got to move there. And I was like, well, I, I don't really care about my job. I can do it remotely or whatever. And she was a teacher. So she's like, I, it's hard for me to leave. So she's like, why don't you come move in with me? She's like, I pay all the bills already. So it's not like I need your help. She's like, and why don't you quit your job that you hate and find something that you will really, really love and do that? She's like, I feel like this is an opportunity for you to do whatever it is that you like want to do and not just jump Damn, from bro, job she to job. elevated your game. She did. And so I went on job boards and I just started typing in sports and music because those are my two passions. And I ended up uh, applying for, to like five or six jobs, interviewing for two of them, one of them at USA Today being a sports editor and the other one at Fox Sports Radio running their website and their social media. And uh, I ended up taking the Fox Sports Radio one because it was normal hours. The USA Today one was an overnight shift. And I didn't want to do that to the girl who just was like, here, do whatever you want. I was going to be like, all right, I'm gone every night and you're gone all day. So we'd never see each other. So I took the Fox Sports Radio one and then I was just I was in sports radio. And was that a goal at one point in your life at all? So at that point, I had been running Bolts from the Blue for SB Nation as a, like a Chargers blog for three or four years. And I remember the goal was to try and make sports my full time job. I didn't care about radio. I didn't really listen to much radio outside of like Jim Rome, but doing sports full time was a goal. And so once I got into sports radio, I was like, oh, I can do this. Uh, and this seems like an easy way to work into like, quote unquote, sports media. And I was at Fox Sports Radio for a year before a station in L.A. Um, flipped from news to sports Fired everyone, needed to rehire a whole new station. Where Bro, that seems to be a common theme in the radio industry. Yeah, they, they it's called flipping a station. It happens a lot. Um, if you ever hear a station start playing Christmas music in like November. 96.5. That's the sign that they're they're going to switch and change format. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was there. I was at Fox Sports Radio for a year. Uh, this other station in LA was flipping from news to sports and someone at Fox Sports Radio that really liked me got a call and was like, oh, like, I can't do it, but you should check out this guy, Gennaro. He's really good. And so uh, I went, I interviewed, and they were like, cool, like, name your salary. And I was like, I named something outlandish. And they were like, no, this is radio. Name something normal. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I named, I gave myself like a $10,000 raise or something and a better title. And they were like, cool, done. So I went and I did that and I was there for, again, like a year, maybe a year and a half. Is and there longevity in radio? 
God. for some positions and people like you see a lot of program directors that it's like, oh, this guy's been in radio for 45 years. Um, and if you're like a really talented like host, you can do it for a really long time. But most of the other people burn out or find something better to do. It's it. N there's almost no jobs in radio that pay well, except for like program director, sales and on air host. And so every other position just flips over all the time. So I was at this station in L.A. for about a year. And uh, the upper, upper management at Mighty 1090, um, I think, retired and got replaced. And I, at that point, had been friends with Darren Smith for about four or five years. Even before I got into sports radio, I was friends with Darren Smith. Darren Smith, friend of the show. Your homeboy for the Golsh. Golsh coming Golsh. back in cans. Nice. Uh, so we were friends just from me running the Chargers blog. And we used to go out drinking all the time. And... Uh, and so when I was in L.A. and he saw what I was doing and they had the new management at 1090, he had a meeting with them. And apparently in the meeting, he said something to the effect of like, well, we're not going anywhere if we don't address like our website, our social media, our digital presence. And the best guy for that is John Gennaro, but he's in L.A. And so uh, the upper management called me and they were like, want a job? And I was like, what? And like, it was uh, right before my 30th birthday and I was coming down to San Diego for my 30th birthday. I don't know if you were here for that. I don't know if you were, but I went to- I was, I don't remember it. So my 30th birthday, I came down to San Diego and I took over uh, like the pool table and everything around the pool table at Livewire. Oh, I, I had to have been there. Yeah, you had, really? I had, I had to have been there. And, like, and everyone got there at like 9 p.m. and we stayed until closing. Yeah. It was super messy. And then I scheduled a meeting with the new upper management at 1090 the next day. Smart. So, so I, I stumbled in. <laughs> I mean, I still reeked of booze. I was probably still drunk. You reeked of live wire. And yeah. yeah. And, I, and in this like quote unquote interview, I basically just ended up telling them like how stupid they were and how they were going to like screw this whole thing up and they didn't know what they were doing. And I walked out of it and I was like, cause I didn't want the job. Like I loved my job in LA and I walked out of it like, well, they'll never talk to me ever again. And like, it was a two and a half hour drive back to LA. And by the time I got back to my apartment, uh, they had sent me an email with a job offer. Nice. So was That's, this ever a goal for you, though, getting involved in radio or just when you moved into w with your lady, which I presume is your future wife? No. 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 It's the ex that preceded that, that, that. We refer to that ex as Satan. Oh, wow. Uh, that was that was one that preceded the. Because she provided you with an opportunity to develop your business career, your your, your career in general. You heard one part of the story. No, no, no. no. Here's, here's the thing. Satan is not evil all the time. No, he's he's nice to he's convince an angel, a fallen angel of God. Exactly. So like she <laughs> she brought me into the the unmarked van with candy mm. and sweets, and I was like, candy oh, how, with a K. how nice you we are. He has candy. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know proceeded to uh, cut me open and sell my organs on the black market. She is Satan. It, it, <sighs> Italian American organs do go for top tier money here in the U.S. and huh. Sports radio was never the goal. Sports was the goal. Okay. And uh, I have, you know, my, my little inkwell here to, I'm, I'm a writer. Like I'm, to, what I want to do, what I'd love to do as a career is write about sports. Um, but those jobs are just as hard to get and hold on to as the ones in sports radio. So Kevin Acey has one. His somehow. <laughs> uh, but the goal has always been to make sports my career. I didn't care what medium. And it's funny, now that I think about it, that is initially my first contact with Z was uh, through Bolts from the Blue, because he he made a beast. Bolts from the Blue was it. If Not only if you were a Chargers fan, but an NFL fan, you knew that site. I didn't. He's never heard of it. I haven't. Yeah. That's why. Well, tell me about that. How'd that happen? 
Was that is that one of your uh, a passion piece that actually turned into something he, lucrative? He might still have a bolt tattoo. I do still have a bolt tattoo. That's how tattoos work. <laughs> That's weird. Once you get it, it's kind of there. <laughs> I'm planning on going over it at some point. Yeah, I just yeah. don't know if I'll ever get yeah, around to talk- it. Yeah, yeah so what was Bolts from the Blue? So uh, as a part of SB Nation, who's now my full-time employer, uh, so SB Nation has uh, like 270-something sites, and each site covers one specific team. And so uh, Bolts from the Blue launched. I originally was a big fan of Gasland Ball, and I mm. used to go in the comments of Gasland Ball, and I was part of that community. And they didn't, SB Nation didn't have a San Diego Chargers site yet. So when they launched one, there was like a thing in Gasland Ball, like, hey, check out our San Diego Chargers site. So I went, I checked it out and I was like, this is cool. And I was a big Chargers fan. So I just started like writing in the comments. And then the guy who was running the site for like the first three months um, asked me if I wanted to join the staff and like write on the staff. So I did that. That's how that works. Yeah. And then after three months, the guy had to leave. He had to give up the the blog because the work or life or whatever got in the way. And so they basically like interviewed a few people and like, hey, who wants to take over this site that's three months old that, you know, has a handful of people at it. And I was one of the people I was like, oh, I'll take it over. And they're like, cool. And so, uh, yeah, I, I ran and I built a staff of, I don't know, eight to 10, like really, really strong writers, um, a big community. Uh, and, you know, I, I pissed off a lot of people because I didn't cover the Chargers the way the UT covered them or any of the fan blogs covered them. Um and you yeah, covered I, it the way a fan would cover it. You I, were open, you were honest, and yeah. That. Well, that's that's a certain kind of fan. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of people who showed up that were like, oh, why are you trashing the team? Like, because well, they did something stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm allowed to do that when they do the something Chargers stupid. The did a lot of that. And yeah. listening to you over the years, because I have, I've been listening, I've been a, a, a fan of Gennaro for a couple of years. You do that shit, bro. Like, you don't, you don't sugarcoat things. Like, when you talk about my beloved Padres, I almost feel like you hate the Padres. I, I have a... There's there's a certain kind of fan group that I fit into, which is uh, fans that love their team so much that they kind of hate it mm. because you love them so much that all you really see is the flaws uh, until something great happens. Then you'll celebrate that thing. But like when something great is not happening, all you can see is all the different reasons why something great's not happening, and it just starts pissing you off. But I can shit on the Padres. Yeah, well, I mean, sure. and and like <laughs> the but, Padres fit that description to a fucking T, right? Bro. <laughs> I can shit on the Padres, and you can shit on the Padres, and you can shit on the Padres. But like, if someone walked in here that wasn't a Padres fan, they're like, "Man, the fucking Padres, like, get your ass out of here!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's like how I, like I can talk shit about my own brother, hmm? you know, because he's my brother and I love him. But I can like I can say horrible things about him. But like, if you were like, "Man, your brother seems like a lazy piece," like we would be fighting right then. Well, I wouldn't uh, fight you. So that's that's how I. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I, I view my fandom with my teams is like, I love them so they're assholes, much, but they're our assholes. I love them so much that I want them to do well. And when they don't do well, I feel like I know why. And it pisses me off. You know, what's funny. It's like now thinking back, I can see why you're doing what you're doing now. Cause you did build an amazing staff between like Richard and Jerome. Like you had really good writers and really good people that were running the bolts from the blue with you. And Evidently, that's now transpired into what you're doing. That uh, that's yeah. I I tell people all the time. I was saying uh, this morning because I was on a call with Kyle Posey, who started out as a writer on Bolts in the Blue, yep. now has a full time job with SB Nation covering the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> and I was I was in a meeting with him and someone else, and I was like, Kyle is one of the reasons that everyone thought that I was really good at running Bolts in the Blue when all I was good at was finding talented people yeah. and giving them an opportunity and a stage and being like, here, write your really smart things that I know you yep. can. Yeah. 
Yeah, you always had good people, man. And what, there was always different perspectives. What, what is SB Nation? Uh, SB Nation stands for Sports Blog Nation. Okay. Uh, is a collection of blogs about sports. Um, almost all of them are specific to an individual team. Um, and they were meant to build, you know, communities of fans that also felt like they could cover the team without needing the access of a beat writer or something like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, you guys were credentialed at one point, right? I mean, I, I think I got credentialed for a couple games here or there. Yeah. I would usually get credentialed at training camp. But, but that's insane for a blog to be having that kind of access. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't ignore us. Like at, at certain points, we were definitely doing more traffic than anyone yeah, was that was say, doing yeah. Chargers coverage. Yeah. Like even the UT, their website, like we were doing more traffic than than their like sports section. Uh, so it was hard to ignore. But also like anytime that they didn't want to credential us, they didn't. And the Chargers were like well known for like, if you say something that we don't like, like we're right. just going to yank Ostracized. your credentials. So, um, yeah. And I didn't care. Like I didn't need a credential. I didn't want the credential. I didn't yeah. want to go in the locker room. Like I liked watching games from home yeah. and like, you Ripping know, bowls. What? I'm sorry. Go ahead. What did you say? <laughs> Ripping uh, bowls. Uh, oh yeah. I believe he is referring to smoking the marijuanas, which you can find at Balboa Avenue Dispensary. I located Helen. I don't know where it's located. Oh my god. But Balboa they, Avenue. You'd think dispensary. It's not. It's not on Balboa. It's Avenue. not on Balboa Avenue. Is it on in no. Balboa Park? Not no, even. No, no. It's Claremont. It's like, in Claremont. It's in yeah. Philadelphia. Dude, home they have to Rocky Balboa. They have great deals. Did blogs? eventually morph into podcasts is that what happened because once upon a time it was the unvogue thing to have a blog mm -hmm. oh i have a blog i write for the fucking the padres whatever shit it was at one point and then all of a sudden i felt like blogs just took a back seat and everybody had a podcast there's like the fuck the 5.5 the make the padres great again the kept faith all of this i'm i'm a novice when it comes to twitter and the padres twitter and all that because i honestly I don't like to get lost in that fucking minutia of shit because it, it just it is shit. You can get lost in that, but Careful, I enjoy we'll some of the podcasts. I'm a legit Padre fan. I'm a legit baseball fan. You know, for me, it, my my first fucking love, my first passion were the San Diego Padres. You know, I was born in 1979, so I lived through the 1984, the 1998, being pulled out of high school and going to games. Like that's that's my shit through and through i have three boys now my boys and i will go home we, we might have a, an eight a six and a, and a three-year-old we sit down on the couch we watch the game you know it's like they know the players and they do the walk of many machado and i'm like all right fuck that's awesome I'm, I'm doing a good job I'm, I'm passing this love this lineage this fucking care for the padres to my boys um and you are something that I actually pay close attention to with your partner, Craig, because the Make the Padres Great Again podcast, I fucking enjoy it, man. You guys are the yin and the yang. I almost feel like Craig is an ultimate homer, but then you are just like, ah, just sliding motherfuckers, just killing it, just like, no, uh-uh, they need to do this. Oh, they're fucking horrible. Oh, this. I like that. I like the mentality of like, oh, yeah, they're assholes, but they're my assholes mentality, and I feel like that's exactly where you come from. Why did you start Make the Padres Great Again? And how do you feel about it now? Oh, man. Um, well, when I got the job at Mighty 1090, uh, I said, you know, part of the reason that I took the job, in addition to once again getting like a raise and a promotion and everything as a part of it, 
I loved LA. I didn't want to come back to San Diego, but I was like, there's no way that I'm going to get on air opportunities in LA, right? There's just too much competition. And I'm like, I'm a Padres chargers guy at this point. So when I got the job with 1090, I was like, I want opportunities to get on the air. And they're like, Oh sure thing. No problem. Promise you the world. Probably. Yeah. And I, uh, I was there for a few months and there was just no opportunities. And they're like, oh, we'll find you some. And now I know what that means, which is basically like when we get to Christmas week, when everyone's off and no one's here. <laughs> you can <here>. fill gaps. <laughs> you can, as, as long as you're willing to work for free, we'll let you like do a show in the middle of the day when no one's listening. And uh, once I figured that out, I was like, well, I don't understand why I need to be on the air when like there's so many podcasts out there. I was already listening to podcasts. I was doing a podcast at that time with Ben Higgins mm-hmm. about the Chargers. And I was like... I can do one about the Padres just like super easy. And Craig was always around 1090. He wasn't working there at the time, but he was always around. He was usually the filling guy. Um, I think around that time was when like the goals were starting and he would like come in and do like his goals podcast. And me, he used to come in my office cause my office was right across the hallway from the studio and we would just sit there and chat about the Padres. And so I said it was some point I was like, we should just record this and turn it into a podcast. Like people would love this shit. And he was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. And that was basically it. Um, I like it now because it's it's just a really fun way to sit down with uh, a friend mm. whose opinions about the Padres I really respect. But are vastly different than yours. And vastly different than mine, which I appreciate. Yeah, but yeah. like once a week, he comes over to my backyard. We crack a couple of beers and we chat about the Padres. And like you've never heard us get into a fight because I don't think we've ever gotten into a fight. No, but friendly jabs. We we. Mostly agree. We occasionally disagree, but I always like learn something. It's always interesting. And, you know, Craig told me at one point, cause we, we had to pause the podcast for a while when I got this job yeah. for six months or so. And Craig said like the podcast has become for me, not Padres coverage. It's two friends just like catching up about the thing that they have most in common. And he's right. Like that's the thing that I like about it now is it's two friends catching up about the thing they have most in common. I think that's what gives it a good ebb and flow is that you guys aren't in there forcing things. Yeah. You're on there just talking. There's like nothing fans. worse than the fucking. Yeah. I've heard a million podcasts, bro. Yeah. Cause I'm one of those, I, I'm the kind of learner where I need to, I need to just jump in head first and, and, and involve myself in his, in what I want to do. I want to just learn and, and sponge off everything. And I've listened to all of the podcasts. I've listened to all of the local ones. I've listened to all the national ones as it relates to sports or just shooting the shit. And when I was creating Nemo Brown with, with glasses a couple of years ago, it was that. I, like, what do we want to do? What, where do we want to build this from? And it's like just a couple of guys talking shit about what we're about and why we're always bummed or what makes us happy. And honestly, when I listen to the Make the Padres Great Again, it's like you guys touch on my team. And that's my passion. That is that is one of my loves that I've passed on to my kids. So it's like a fucking a family heirloom. The San Diego Padres. When you're from San Diego, that's yep. that's it. You know, it's like yeah. we don't have any other professional teams. You know, we Which, have the Chargers, obviously, and you know they fucking scorned us, ripped our hearts out of our chests, and they're gone now. See, if you don't have a heart, they can't do that. That's <laughs> I don't have guys. a heart anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. But it's like, Chargers took yeah, it. Yeah, but it's like the Padres is what I have. So when I sit down, I, I don't sit down. I'm, I'm at work. When I listen to the Make the Padres Great Again podcast, I'm at work at like three in the morning, two in the morning, and I'm like, oh shit, let's see what's on here. Boom. Gennaro and fucking Nelson. Let's see what these cocksuckers have to say. And it's usually like that podcast or the, what is it? The, the, the lava, 
The one with fucking AC. Hot Lava? Yeah, the you Hot Lava. I do. I do listen to Is that. Is it good? It, it, it's interesting because I feel like it's coming straight from the horse's mouth. Obviously, with a filter of what the horse wants you to say. You know, like I, I feel like he's an extension of the club. Um, and I've gone through a lot of way, different though. ones. A lot of Locked on Padres, which was fucking horrible. And just, dude, there's so many Padre podcasts. There's a lot. And, and, and uh, lot. there's like three good ones and 75 horrible ones. So when I listen to you guys, one, because I feel like I know you guys, you know, and, and it, which is pretty cool, like having you here and, and just listening to your voice and having you talk to me directly. It's like, oh, cool. This is the dude I listen to like at least twice a week at work while I'm digging around at UPS doing my work. It's cool. Like I, 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 everybody who I bring into the podcast, that's not like a regular guest like Caesar or like Chicle, you know, like co-host people that I have on here. I, I, I choose people that I, I. I enjoy being around that. I feel like I can learn something from you with you. Obviously it's, it's building this project, this brand that I've started a couple of years ago. I like picking your brain. You have a lot of, you have a wealth of knowledge in this, in the podcast game, but more so with the Padres. So uh, the Padres are obviously the, we're doing well. It's a shitty season. It's a crazy season, but we're doing well. So it's like, fuck, it's something to look forward to one watching the game Two, fucking listening to the, the post game interviews. Three, what are the podcasts that I enjoy listening to that I can sum up everything? Are they thinking the same shit I'm thinking? Like, why are the Padres hiding injuries? Why do they always do this? Why do they always... It's like, I connect with it is what I'm trying to tell you. Like, it, 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 it's something that I appreciate. So thank you for that. What are you going to do with this podcast? Is this something... Is this like a long-term thing? So, first of all, before I answer that, thank you. Um, second of all, I'm going to answer a question you asked like 10 minutes ago about uh, comparing... But podcast being the new blogs because um, oh, yeah. it's actually something that I say a lot, right? Because mm. I'm, I'm old enough now that I've seen this cycle twice. How old are you? 35. And when did you start this shit? Start the, the radio aspect of your career. Oh, man. Uh, 2013. Okay. So seven years ago. So it's been seven years. So 28, you started the game. But I, I got out of radio in 2018. So I was only in for five years. I was at 1090 for three. I was at the Beast 980 in LA for one. I was at Fox Sports Radio for one. Yeah, this is Jim Rome. Yeah. Um, So when Bolts in the Blue was happening, at that time, everyone was like, oh, blogs are this like funny, weird thing. We're not quite sure what to make of them yet. And then all of a sudden, everyone realized like, wow, I can get similar. I'm just going to talk about sports here. But they were like, wow, I can get similar coverage uh, maybe even more interesting coverage from a blog than I can from my local newspaper. And like up until that point, everyone thought like, oh, if I want coverage of my team, I have to I go have to subscribe local newspaper. Or yeah. I have to watch the local news yeah. or whatever. So blogs fucked everything up by showing up and giving you something that was, I'm going to call it like 80% as good as a newspaper, but A, it was free and B, it was different. And some people preferred it this way, right? And C, it was quick. And C, it was was, quick. It was super quick. Yeah. And so what happened? Blogs, and again, mostly talking about sports here, blogs killed newspapers. Hmm. Newspapers started dying. They're still dying because what is a newspaper really except a bunch of blogs that then get printed into paper and they're competing against people that aren't paying to print them into paper. So like business wise, it's not a really good thing. And so once people realized how easy it was to make a blog, everyone had a blog about everything. Like 
your 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 parents would have blogs where they would just blog about life. Remember Live Journal? Yes. Live mm-hmm. Journal was a blog. It was a personal blog. Like if you go back, if you go to Live Journal now, it's like a, a blog, the original blogging system. Yep. Like Blogspot, all everyone had a blog, and some of them were like had an audience of three, and some of them had an, had an audience of three million, and they were on the same system, right? And Blogs eventually, you know, still are in the process of killing newspapers, killing print media, killing magazines too. Mm -hmm. And now I'm seeing the podcasting version of that, which is everyone, we're like, oh, these podcasts are really interesting. And then they're like, wait, they're giving me the same or similar analysis that I get on radio, except I can listen for 45 minutes and get two and a half minutes of commercials. Whereas if I listen to 45 minutes of radio, I'm going to get 20 minutes yep. of commercials. Yep. So like I'm getting less commercials. There's cursing. There's And it's not a subscription package like satellite. I can listen whenever I want. I can take it with me. I don't need to be connected to the internet or in my car with the radio. Like this is killing radio. Content, 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 it's, nonstop. And, and but it's become so easy. Everyone's realized how easy it is to make a podcast that now we're in that space where every single person has a podcast, podcast. about something. And some of them have an audience of three, mm-hmm. and some of them have an audience of three million. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if there's another cycle of this that kills another old media like tower, but it's really, really interesting to me because everything new feel everything old feels new again with this. Um, now I didn't answer, oh, you were asking what I wanted to do with make the podcast yeah. great again. Nothing. I have no plans for make the Padres great again. I just want to keep doing it with Craig cause it's fun. It's a fun way to connect and talk about the Padres. I really enjoy when I put an opinion out there and then someone tweets back at me with it like a week later and they're like, oh, you were wrong cause of this. I'm like, well, I'm glad you remembered that <laughs> I, I said that. About that. You, pr- that. you say a lot of shit. You yeah, talk but a lot of shit. Do you get a lot of shit in return from people? <laughs> yes, That's a whole different rabbit hole. It's it's just it's fun to know that these people are not just listening, but then they're remembering the things you said. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really cool feeling. Like hearing someone say, I listen to your podcast, that's awesome. Hearing someone say, like, a couple weeks ago you said this thing and it stuck with me, that means I live in your head. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. You said some shit that pissed me off. I bet like, I have. I was like, this motherfucker. Like, I bet no. I have. I say shit that pisses like, me fuck, off. Fuck Austin Hedges. Like, what? what, what? You know, hey, like, no, but no, 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 no. Fuck Austin Hedges. He's right. We're all right. But um, no, no, no. All right, no. Hold on. Go ahead. Occasionally, I have a really bad memory. Occasionally, things that I've said on the podcast stick with me. Not often. Not often enough. Occasionally, they stick with me. The beginning of last season, last March, I said... The Padres need to extend Austin Hedges right now. They need to do it before Fernando Tatis Jr., who at that point was up and playing well. And I was like, no, 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 no. He can wait. Austin Hedges is the future leader of this team. Sign him to a long-term extension now. I It will never, like for the rest of my life, I'll never forget that. And Craig was laughing at me, going like, you don't extend Austin Hedges before Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to do it, Craig. He's the captain. He's the leader. He's the and <laughs> he's the Hosmer in waiting. And I couldn't <laughs> have been any more wrong than I was. Oh, nobody ever said you're always right. I just said yeah. you say a lot of dumb shit. And I, I enjoy it. I but, do. It, but it's funny because like as a friend, I've been able to watch what you've done with your career. And I give you a lot of credit because we've had discussions about you basically saying, hey, this is the new wave. And you said that when the blogs were overtaking print media, you said that about podcasts when they were overtaking the radio media. 
And I just admire the fact that you've always been to a certain degree a step ahead and you've done it in your own way. And I kind of want you to get into how you launched SB Nation and the blog network. To me, that's so fucking fascinating that you literally created that. You are the SB podcast Nation. network. Oh, sorry, sorry. The, the podcast bl- blog network. Totally sorry, existed. sorry, sorry. That, that was it. The podcast network. So I think that's an interesting story of how you literally like everything else in your career, man. I, I struggle with people even now to this day during the pandemic that bitch and moan about there's no work. I don't know what to do. It's like find your passion and run with it. Figure out a way. There's always something you can do if like, you know, not to get like mushy don't anybody kill your dreams, but you found a way over and over to find a way to do what you wanted to do. And the podcast thing really blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, the, the this is my blessing and my curse is I'm very, I have opinions about everything, sure. right, all of the time. And, like, it's funny because I was actually just listening a to- A white guy with opinions about everything? No mames. You're, wow, that's a rare. Unicorn. <laughs> What's funny is I was just listening to the last episode of this podcast, the- which is probably no longer the last episode because mm. you guys are probably going to, but the the one, it was just the two of you, I think, and it was like a week ago or yeah. a couple oh, days yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you guys were talking about how like, oh, you can't have an opinion about anything anymore because you'll get canceled or San Diegans will come down. You can't even say I like L.A. or whatever. And Caesar probably knows this about me. Like one of my big personal philosophies is like let people believe what they want to believe. Like you brought up pineapples on pizza. And like someone will go on Twitter, oh, I think pineapples on pizza are good. Actually, and it was oh, fuck you, go to hell. I'm like, yeah. why can't that person enjoy pineapples on pizza? Yeah. What's what's that hurting you that they're enjoying pineapples on pizza? The only thing that hurts me about that and any other opinion that takes that stance is like, I don't give a shit if you like pineapples on pizza. Don't try to sell me. Don't knock on my door and sell me on pineapples on pizza. You know, I, I take the same approach with like religion. It's like, cool, you're everyone's available and and. and Take whatever view you want. Be what uh, ad- adhere to any religion that you want to do. But don't fucking talk to, about religion. But don't try to. I've done it many times. Like I know. We've we've done, I, was, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was listening to an Emo Brown episode like, like a week ago. You guys were going off like, about don't religion. Don't fucking try to force that thing down my throat, bro. It's like you know, like everybody has freedoms. You like this, like that. Handle your shit, but don't try to fucking put that on me. That's what I don't like. You Speaking know? of which, Josh Kemble is dying to get in here with both of us at the same time, so we can have <laughs> Josh, that discussion. Josh, <laughs> <laughs> so what's funny about that conversation that you guys had about religion a couple episodes ago uh, is I went to a Catholic high school. Mm. I'm an atheist. Go ahead. I've always been an atheist. Uh, and my parents, when we moved to San Diego, um, we moved to North Park. This was 98, 99. Dangerous times. And North Park was yeah. like the hood. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't what it is now. No, it's nowhere close to what it is now. It but wasn't we, ginger beards and flannels and like high water jeans cuffed up. It was. No, and like, it was drive bys and shankings. And, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like we lived in a rough part of North Park. Like we were two blocks off Morley Field. Like we were in a nice part of North Park. But no, like sure. you talk to anyone around San Diego and they'd be like North Park. That's I'm dangerous. not. Yeah, I'm not going. Yeah. Which I always thought was hilarious. Um, and then North Park has become what it is now. But mm-hmm. my parents. My mom specifically was like, you're not going to San Diego High School. You're going to get stabbed, which is hilarious because the schools I went to growing up in New Jersey were a thousand times worse than San Diego High School. I think my mom just wasn't paying attention. And she was like, you're not going to San Diego High School, but there's a private Catholic school right down the street called St. Augustine. So oh, we're, we're going to send you there. You and to I'm, Saints? Yeah. Oh, geez. And uh, where'd you go? No, I'm from the hood, bro. Okay. I went to Bonita. So, uh, so my parents sent me to Saints and- 
I was like, I can't go to Catholic school. Like, I don't believe that shit. I don't whatever. And I show up like first day and they're like, you always like one of your classes every semester is going to be a religion class. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. And like day two or day three, they were like, oh, by the way, you are free to practice any religion you want in any way you want. And we will never push this shit on you. Outside of the fact you had to show up for mass every week. That was required. Every week was required. You had to show up for mass every week. Fuck that. Um, but it was like, it was, it was a part of your like school schedule, right? Like you showed up the normal time, but all the classes were shorter because you took mass. And the only rule about mass was you had to stay awake. That's uh, it. So like I'd fall asleep in mass hard. and a teacher would just walk up and slap you in the side of the head, wake you up. But like, I didn't care. Like I got to sit in a room in an auditorium for 45 minutes a week. It's fine. Air conditioned, unlike this room. I actually don't think it was air conditioned. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> that does sound right though. Yeah. We actually did do a Latin mass once. It was fun. Um, so I experimented in, in my high school years. I tried like every religion I'd be like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to try Buddhism for a couple months. And they would be like, cool, do it. And so I would do it. And I'd be like, this is cool. I'm like, I'm going to try like something else. And they'd be like, cool, Handle go it. for it. I'm going to be Jewish for a little, all right, cool, whatever. Like, and I just appreciated the fact that like, even though they were Catholic and they wanted to be like, oh, Catholic is the best. They never really did. They were just like yeah, it's cool. Be whatever you want to be. Like whatever feels right to you is right for you. And they were never like, Oh, if, if you're not Catholic, you're not getting into heaven, whatever. They were like, whatever is right for you is right for you. And I have carried that with me forever. Like, I don't know if I got it from that school or before that, but yeah. When people come up to me, Oh, you got to try pineapple and pizza. It's great. Have you ever heard anyone recommend to you, uh, a peanut butter and pickle sandwich? Yes. I've had like three or four people go, you got to try peanut butter and pickle sandwich. I've never done it, but every time they do it, I'm like, that sounds good for you. That's not really for me. <laughs> we're, we're a little more hood. We, we offer Flaming Hot Cheetos with sour cream. I, I don't like Flaming Hot Cheetos, mm, right? I don't know Which who is, you are, I say. <laughs> again, this is the thing. Like I say that. People are like, how can you love I'm like, hey, what's right for me is right for me. What's right for you is right for you. Why, yeah. why do I have to have the same taste as yeah, no. you? Agreed. Had that same conversation with my mom yesterday. You just met her. She was in here earlier. Stealing we money. We were just talking. Yeah, stealing money. Um, you forced we us were just, to listen. We were she was talking about you. religion. No, politics, bro. Okay, she's not a Trump supporter, but she's a through and through Republican. You know, mm -hmm. as it relates to the economics, as it oh, relates. Oh, that's my wife. Yeah. So, and 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 we always have. We call those never Trumpers. Never Trumpers, that's, but still, you know, like they believe in the economic, yeah. um, you know, uh, structure of of what this country needs to succeed. We're, we're small business owners, you know. We do our thing, and we, and we know what's right for us. But it, it, I enjoy talking to her. I poke at her, you know, like I set little traps. Like, oh, what do you think about this? And then, oh, well, ah, you can't because you're a Republican. You can't think like that. And then she's like, well, you know what? I'm liquid. I, I, I flow with this. I do with this. And I'm like, cool. I learned a long time ago. Like I told you earlier, I don't give a fuck what you believe. Believe what you got to believe. Just do your best not to put that shit on me. I feel like that's where, where that's where things get crazy. And there's a difference between forcing something down somebody's throat and having an open discussion to where you're trying to make your point and maybe potentially convince somebody of what you believe to be your truth. But most people don't know how to do that. Like all three of us have had these type of discussions and we can have that and respectfully disagree. Or even there's been times where I've had conversations with either of you and changed my mind about things. But the majority of people, it's like, no, my way or the highway. And if you don't believe this, we're not fucking leaving this room until you tell me you understand what I'm saying. And it's it's uh, it's a strength of character thing, right? Yeah. Like, if I believe what I believe, I believe I can 
maybe convince you of it on the same merits that convinced me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't believe that I have the strength to convince you that my way is the right way, then I'm like, well, if I believe it more than you believe your side, then I must be right. Sure. Like if, if I believe my stance of left more than you believe your stance of right, then I win. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's just a weakness of character. Like a strength, sure. of, a strength of character is like, I believe left is right. And even but, though you're yeah. right, let me see if I can convince yeah. you to come left. Sure. There, there, that transcends into beliefs where, as it relates to ideals, like a belief is something that you can just like, you know, I, I believe the Padres are a great team. You know, I, I feel like they're, they're on their way. They're on the right track. And ideals like, fuck, the Padres are the best team ever. Right. You will never talk me out of that. Right. I'm from San Diego. I'm 619. Adrian Gonzalez is the greatest. <laughs> Jack Clark was a fucking ripper. You know, Kill the Overos is the motherfucking man. Isn't he the you pride of your like hood? Adrian Martinez. Gonzalez? Nel, miss me with that shit. <laughs> but I mean, and that's where it gets crazy. It's like, um, uh, closer to home, I have three boys. They're all circumcised. I've had many a conversation about like, why do you circumcise them? That's fucking um, body fucking mutilation, this, that, and the other uh, against this religion. And I'm like, you know what? No, uh, uh, uh. hold on. My family, once upon a time, I, I, I listened to... M- I listened to a podcast or I had an audiobook and I've read books about the... Because I, I was that guy that read what to expect when you're expecting. I was that guy. You read that the actual li- book? Yeah. That lady's got a podcast yeah, now. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And I'm that guy that listens to those podcasts, listens to those audiobooks that says... And one of the, the biggest things that I learned, what, what to expect when you're raising boys, raising boys, you know? And, and, and I read that book and it said... It's important that those boys connect with you, their father. Like, and we took showers together when we were young. I'd give them their baths, la, la, la. And they would look at me and, and they say, oh, daddy, oh, I look like you. And da, da, da. That's an important thing, you know? So that for me is an ideal. You'll never talk me out of like, my children are circumcised because I'm circumcised. That's like a fucking family heirloom. It goes hand down from one generation to the other. The Garcia boys were all circumcised. But tomorrow... Something similar, but not really. I'm getting a vasectomy. A lot of people feel the same way about vasectomies. Yep. You're like, why are you getting a vasectomy? Really? And it's like, yeah, dude, I've had conversations like, you shouldn't get a vasectomy. You should continue the lineage of your family and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, bro. Are these religious people? I don't even think it's coming from a place of religion, just from a place of like fucking, like they feel that is their virtue. They feel like this is what you should do. You shouldn't cease to procreate. Procreation is why we're here. La la la. Whoop de whoop. Now it sounds like religion. Now it is, yeah. And, and I'm like, you know what? Because I'm fucking 41 and I have three little boys. I don't want to have another kid. You know, like that's a wrap. And you know, I don't know if you know the process of getting a vasectomy, but the process of the, getting a vasectomy, as it relates to me during a fucking pandemic, is three phone conversations with your doctor. You know, where they establish your your mental fortitude. Are you ready to cross the the bridge? Into like so I did that recently. Did you? I, but not on the phone. I went in. I did in person. Okay. And I was all ready to do the vasectomy, right? And they're like, "They look, you put it as like it's an interview. Like they're asking you questions. They're openly trying to convince you to not, not to. do it. Yeah, yeah. And so even uh, though it is reversible, yes. Uh, but they they love to tell you like, oh, it's not a hundred percent. And the longer you wait, the more you're not going to be able to and. So I have like 30 minutes of them trying to convince me not to. And then I the same as you guys, like, pull your pants on. I'm going to grab your penis. Did Whoa, you, you grab your penis? Did, well, he's playing around with the, the balls. He's feeling okay, the, 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 the vast deference, right? <laughs> my urologist. 
grab my balls. Your dude grabbed your penis. No, he's 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 he's, he's, he's around the vast deference, right? But like the he back, was, no, he was in the vast deference, yes, bro. But, but the, the the back of his hand is like bumping up against my penis, <laughs> and like I remember thinking to myself, crazy. like, don't get hard, like. <laughs> Because like, if I do, then I have to like explain it to probably him, but definitely yeah, text myself. Me away, bro. And like, and I didn't, so I was like, "Whew, all right, good." But then I I left, and I'm like driving home, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, my wife, we're done, right?" But she wants to stay on birth control for other reasons, and so I, I literally called her on the way back from the thing, and I'm like, "If you're staying on birth control, why, what's what the a, point? What am I doing here? Yeah. What am I?" And she's like, "I don't know," and I was like. This, I, and and this this all happened because she like she missed a pill for a couple days and then she was like nervous. She's like, ah, oh, but fuck yeah. what if I get? There's no greater and, fear, <laughs> right? And so like I I told her I was like, look, if every time you miss a pill or two, we get we just got to pause for a couple weeks. Like that feels better to me than right. You know the the. Were you going to do the scalpel? Yeah, list? when mine didn't have the option yeah. of the. Of he doesn't mine. know Harry Potter. Over yeah, there. mine doesn't have the option of the magic wand that yeah, they. Bro. The, all they did was ask me. They're like, "Do you want to be awake? Or do you want to be asleep?" And I'm like, hmm? "What?" And they're like, "Well, do you get skittish?" And I'm like, "Well, if you're gonna have something sharp near my balls, like probably." And they're like, "Cool, we'll do a sleep." And so they like wrote. They they made me sign a thing saying, "Oh, I heard everything you said," and I still. And then I have to wait 30 days after I signed the thing to schedule an appointment. But anyway, so I talked they to her. They put you through the ringer, bro. They did. They do not want you to get a fucking vasectomy. But this vasectomy. is crazy. So they spend 30 minutes telling me not to get a vasectomy. The guy feels around. Oh, very strong vas deferens. Great. <laughs> awesome. Trick, rough guy. And uh, and then I'm driving home and like my wife's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stay on birth control. I'm like, then I'm not getting cut. There's no point. I got touched like, for cool. no reason. <laughs> two, week, two weeks go by and I get a bill for $45. And the, the visit costs like $250. And my insurance like, oh, we'll pay for $200. I'm like, I got to pay $45 for them to basically yell at me to not do something to my balls. And then they grab my balls. Yeah. Is Your that penis, what I paid for? You said penis. With the back of his hand. Well, I mean, a penis is did a penis. I, did I pay for the ball rub? Yeah. Is that what the $45 yeah, and the penis, was? And the penis glance. Is that why you called your wife to let her? know that something had happened and you wanted to make sure you I always let her know when something <laughs> happens I famously back in February called her as I left a strip club to tell her like there's going to be some weird charges on the credit card <laughs> I've gotten a, a, a facial a massage before we got married wifey and I went both to the same place I won't name the place but we went to the same place she went to her fucking wing of the establishment I went to my area I was getting a massage la 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 facial the whole thing and I said hey is this what they do and she's like why what happened and it's like she was like over me and putting her boobs in my face and this and she's like no I was like <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, so I was we like, got very different treatments. So I, was like, I tipped her like heavily because I felt like I got like special treatment. She's like, that's not what they do. I was like, that's what she did. <laughs> you might want to oh, name that man. place, but like after we're done recording, town in town in country, for research purposes, yeah. <laughs> town in country. Um, I'm not gonna judge you for getting a facial. Though. I get I get pedicures, man. Bro, I got messed up oh, feet. Shit, bro. I do jujitsu. I did jujitsu before COVID. I, I I go to get pedicures. Wifey and I go get pedicures together. It's, oh yeah. It's there's no all the lines are blurred. Everything everything I feel is close to being beautiful. Yeah, almost. And I always I always bitch and moan about this. There's no black. There's no white. It's in in, in the fucking um. It, it's a gray. You know, in the Venn diagram of life, it, it, you, we all have to learn to live in the gray. We all have to learn to listen to everybody else's opposing, uh, opposing view. We still maintain our own view. And somewhere in between those things is where we have to live. You know, you, you can't be completely right. You can't be fucking ridiculously left. You had to, like, at least 
pick from yours, pick from theirs, and be like, you know what? This makes sense to me. You know? So it's a crazy time we live in. You know, I I talked about uh my wife being a you know, like never Trump Republican, and I'm I'm I lean heavily left. Like I'm I'm super progressive. Um, but we always talk about joke about forming a third party, like a, a political party and calling it the reasonable party. And just <laughs> that's going, what it would be. <laughs> and and yeah. just and just saying like, look, we're 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 not left, we're not right, like we're not even necessarily center on everything. We're what just gonna reasonable be, as fuck. Yeah, we we're, we're, we're just gonna be super reasonable about everything. We're gonna yeah. talk shit out and we're gonna be like, Hey, you know what the reasonable answer? The, this <laughs> one. Racism out. You yeah. Know? Handing money free money to everybody, out. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> So this is an interesting dialogue since we have, um, I think you're white, right? Anyways. You might be one of the whitest motherfuckers mm. I ever met. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like half Sicilian, that so there's matter. questions, but yeah, I'm white. No, so now. You're just a little fucking state that got kicked by the boot, bro. That's exactly. It, that's all it is. Crazy yeah. thing happened today with all three NBA games being canceled yeah. because of the latest shooting did you see if and uh, now the Padres game has now the Mariners are refusing to take the field. I, I saw like baseball was considering canceling all the games today. It's it's it came yeah. in that the Mariners have voted not to play tonight. Austin Hedges, Tommy Pham and Manny Machado just met with Kyle Seager, Shed Long and Marco Gonzalez. So there's not going to be a baseball game, at least for our San Diego Padres. Like it's interesting to have another voice in here that can weigh in on this and just where we're at right now. And does, does this feel like it's just. Groundhog Day with us having this conversation over and over again. I mean, here's the thing. Before we even turn on the the mics, what was Steve saying? I want to talk about the Padres. Yep. And that's exactly why they're not playing the game. Yep. Like, that's exactly why all the NBA teams were like, screw this. Like, we see the news at night, and what you're showing is highlights of Luka Doncic hitting three-pointers and Fernando Tatis Jr. hitting grand slams, and you're talking about baseball's unwritten rules, and no one is talking about the protests that are happening, the the people of color that are being killed by police. No one is talking about all the shit we were talking about before sports started. Right. Right? And, like, everyone was super depressed. Like, that's a super depressing topic to take on every day. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, sports are back. Great. I can start ignoring that shit again and that is exactly what happened yeah. so what's going to be on the news today they're going to talk about the fact that all these games are canceled and they're going to have to explain to their audience why, why? yep kudos yeah. to the players absolutely and yeah. especially like the the milwaukee bucks like it's it's one thing to be the padres or the mariners uh and go like oh we're going to do it after all the nba games are canceled it's another thing to be the first team to be right. like we don't care if we forfeit this game. We don't care if we're going to get fined. We don't care if people are going to make fun of it. We are standing up for what we believe in, and we're not playing this game. And this game has been played for a long time now, man. I feel like what has really changed from... Okay, because one, COVID. When COVID hit, when, when the pandemic hit, everybody was forced to, you know, recuse themselves and be indoors. Everybody was stuck to their nest. You, you're not going anywhere. You're going to be forced to pay attention to social events, political happenings, and just social justice things that were going on. You know, there was nothing else to do. You couldn't, you 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 could not um, turn that off and turn something else on. That's all you got when you were at home. Whether it, whatever medium it was, whether it was television, whether it was radio, whether it was podcasts, searching the web, you were inundated with this, bro. As soon as the George Floyd situation happened. I feel like it was just elevated to the 10th power, 15th power, 20th power. That's all you're going to get. Boom, 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 boom. So it created a whole new wave of social justice, like advocates, a, a whole new slew of people who felt my wife, bro. 
My, my, my wife, we, we, we have strong opinions about things, but we're not very vocal about them. We talk about them amongst ourselves. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. We consider ourselves a reasonable party, you know, as you were mentioning. But a, as soon as this happened, it was like, we have a lot of free time on our hands. We have a lot of, you know, like we have people who listen to us. We have people who, who actually like pay attention to what we do. So she even started posting shit on social media, which she never does, you know, and, and, and people belittle, oh, you're, you're an internet social warrior, social justice warrior. It's like, you know what? That's the platform you have. That's the only outlet you currently have access to. Why use is it, it a bad title? Social right? justice warrior yeah, sounds like, like an awesome thing. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> use it. You know, I mean, no one's getting people who are belittling you for that are people who have other shit that they're dealing with. You know, it's like, oh, fuck you all of a sudden this. Yeah, fuck you all of a sudden you not. You know, like this is your opportunity. If not now, then when, you know, that right now everything is to a boil. Everything is overflowing. This is the time too. if you currently don't have an issue with the way shit is going down, then you're the one with the issue with the shit going down. So, uh, old story, um, back in 2016. So my best friend on earth, uh, he's living in Oakland right now is uh, a black guy, African-American weird way to find out. I'm not his best friend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you'll always be number two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and we've been i mean he's been my best friend since uh 2003 2004 um and you know we've we've been through thick and thin and we continue to go through thick and thin together and there was never any question like before i had a wife he was my wife mm. you know like we it's that thing where it's like you know this is a friendship for life. Like nothing yep. can break that from being a friendship for life. Nothing. And time zones, times that nothing. you speak to each other. Sure. Nothing. Like, true no, friendships are the ones that you speak to each other once every three months and you pick up right where you left off. Yeah. I moved to Philadelphia. We didn't talk for like two years and he showed up and was right back into mm -hmm. Perfect. boom. We're, we're right those there. Are the, those are the real ones there, Gennaro. And I, I honestly like I haven't seen him in – about a year now, he he moved to like Saigon for a little while. Uh, no, he moved to Singapore for a little while, and then he came back and he moved to Oakland. He's trying to move back down here, but it, it's whatever. Um, Twenty sixteen, we were both living in San Diego, and our thing used to be like eight nine o'clock at night. We would go get coffee, and we would sit up for three four hours at a coffee shop, just smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee, Ew. and we would have the deepest, <laughs> best conversations all like every single time and like we'd laugh and we'd cry and we'd be open and on everything. And 2016, I remember calling him and I was like, Hey, let's do coffee tonight. And straight up, he was like this. I'm, I'm sorry, but I have to ask, did you vote for Trump? Mm. And I was like, come on, man. And he's like, I need you to say it. I'm sorry. And I was like, no, no, in a million years, no, I wouldn't vote for Trump. And I was like, you know me. And he was like, I know a lot of white people and a lot of white people voted for Trump. And he was like, I'm pretty sure there are people that I know that I think are cool that voted for him. And he's like, and a lot of them, when they tell me that they didn't vote for him, I'm still going to look them Skeptical. sideways. He's <laughs> like, like, but mm -hmm. I know you wouldn't lie to me. Like if you voted for him, you would tell me and we'd hash that shit out. And so we were like, we were cool, but it was weird because it was like a lifelong friendship. You knew nothing was going to break it up. And then suddenly he asked a question and the answer to that question could have ended the friendship forever. And it was just such a weird thing. And I totally understood where he was coming from at the same time. Can't trust a white sure. guy, bro. Like it, oh <laughs> <laughs> it, feel, it feels super weird 
it almost feels like I'm calling him a bad friend, but like the whole time I was like, I totally get where you're coming from. What's your friend's name? Jermaine. Jermaine, you done well. I would ask all my white friends that same question, bro. Shit, I would ask you, Caesar. Did you vote for Trump? Uh, I would need to be inebriated. <laughs> Status in this country it is, to vote. It's just a fucking outlandish time, bro. It it's really crazy. Is. I mean, the only thing we can do now is advocate for people to just go fucking vote, do the right thing. Yeah. If at this point you still feel that you you have doubts on who to vote for, it's like fuck, bro. I I, I don't know what to tell you. But here's the weird thing, man. It's like, look, I I get that. I get how fucking terrible we all think Trump is, but he's a puppet. He. We, it's the same on the other side. Yeah. Like, you know, people got so fucking upset with me because I said, well, you know, not to say that Biden is Trump. Biden's not that much fucking better yeah. of a choice. And yeah. as much as the fact that, you know, people are really happy of the Kamala of being into that vice president role, she's got a checkered pass as well. And everyone's like, well, you got to forget that. And I'm like, so we now are picking and choosing what we choose, what we want to forget and what we're focusing on just because it's the lesser of two evils. And fuck, man, what a fucked up time that that's what our choices are. Like, that's- COVID made everyone legitimately a little bit more introspective, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more motivation to become involved with what really matters. At least for me, I can only speak for me. For me, it was family. You know, and what's going on in the world and how does what's going on in the world affect with my little my little nucleus of, of five people, wifey and the three boys. You know, it's like for me, that's all it was yep. like, you know, um, for you being in this industry of radio slash journalism slash, you know, podcasting. The fuck did COVID do to you guys, man? What, did that have any effect on on your day to day? Oh, Of course. I mean, there was a look, I work in sports and for five months, four, four and a half, five months, there was no sports. There was nothing to cover. Korean baseball, bro. <laughs> there was almost, that, came, that came on at the tail end before everything yeah, really picked up. There was back almost up. nothing to cover. Uh, so, yeah, like our, our numbers went way down. Um, SB Nation had to go through a couple rounds of layoffs uh, just to stay afloat and furloughs. Um, of course it affected me. It affected everybody, I think. Uh, so yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. And I, I don't want to go back to our world without sports again, just cause I work in sports and I saw how detrimental that could be to this industry. And it's weird. Cause I remember, um, a good friend of mine, uh, I've talked about him, the founder of rake, Ricky Smith, and he has a wonderful podcast, random acts of podcasting with angel gray, who covers the, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. And they had a pretty vivid and heartfelt discussion about when sports were coming back and whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. And it pertains to what we're just talking about because Angel was saying, I actually would prefer not to see sports come back because I don't want people's focus to shift. It from detracts. What, from it's, a, what it's, it's a distraction. Yeah. yeah. yeah and then and sure. Ricky was like, listen, as a black male who has been very active in the community and very active in this, in the social activism, I need that distraction. I'm tired. I'm mentally beat up. And now I'm curious to hear. I really want to reach out to him and talk to him and be like, well, do you still feel the same way? Cause it's, it, it is that, is that distraction? Was that a bad thing? And now I love that these players are using that platform to bring it back. Like you guys were saying, cause we all did forget about it for a while. Well, at least some people, cause they thought it was enough to pull us a black square and they're like, I did it. I fixed racism. Thing. 
did my thing. I posted a black square, guys. We're good. I also think, you know, while the the players were out there with, you know, in, in the NBA with their messages on their jerseys and everything, sure. they're like, huh, it doesn't seem like things are quite as loud as they were before. Sure. And it was really easy to go, well, George Floyd happened months ago. Things die down. Yeah. And then this Jacob Blake thing happened where dude gets shot in his minivan with seven, his, with seven, his what? Seven, seven shots, right? Seven shots, gets shot in his minivan, in his back. In front with, of his kids. In front of his kids. Wifey. And his wife. And like all he was really doing was going there to, to break up a fight that he saw. And I think everyone tried to cry out in a similar way to like what happened after George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And it was like, all right, we hear you, but there's NBA playoff games on tonight. Right. And that's when all the players are like, wait a minute. Wait. No, there's not. <laughs> you were telling me the George Floyd thing was quiet because it happened a while ago. This happened last week yeah. or three days ago. Hold my beer. Now I'm yeah. understanding that it's quiet because we're making noise with our distraction and our yeah. entertainment. And we need to get back to this. Like, And every new thing is another distraction from all the horrible things that are going on, right? Like even... When, like you said, there was months where we were stuck at home and you turn on the TV and it's bad news after bad news after bad news and it's drowning. Inundated. Yep. But there's also bad news that isn't getting covered because there's still kids in fucking prisons, like little Mexican yeah. kids in prisons that are that are getting COVID now, that are dying, and like no one cares about it. No one's covering it because they're like, oh, that's uh, let's see, uh, can't go in the A block, can't go in the B block, can't go in the C block, can't go in the, and we're out of we're out of time. Yeah, and if that's where you get your news source from, then yeah, you'll never see it because to a certain extent, we are we're fed what we're supposed to see. Crazy time, gentlemen. Crazy time. Did you do you want me to? I wrote down answers to your questions. What were the questions you, again? So oh, smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, uh, you did. So the the <laughs> first question is, what did I learn during COVID? What did you learn? Did, did you pick up a, a a new hobby? Did you learn anything? I bought an accordion once upon a time. You I used bought to play, that. Yeah, once upon a time, I played the accordion when I was younger. I was like sixteen, seventeen, and I was like, you know what? I want to fucking play the accordion again. So I bought an accordion, you know, and then I feel like that's that's my that's my COVID, that's my pandemic. Have you messed around with it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have it at home. I play with it. I'm gonna actually um, get a professor, get somebody to teach me how to play the shit. Do you remember some of the some Some of the old stuff? Some of it, but with YouTube now, it it makes it that much more easier. But I want somebody in person to show me exactly the fucking, you know. So me, it was it was that, and 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 fully like take this thing of emo brown to the next level. Fuck you, dude, Janoro. So uh, I know it's yellow. Yeah. So I, I got big into to health, right? Like I've always been a little bit overweight and like definitely was getting more than usual. And so uh, mo- this was mostly born out of like, I just hate being stuck inside my house all day. So I was like, I need something that gets me out of the house every day. So first I started running and I was running like every other day. And then I was like, ah, screw it. I need to get out of the house every day. So I was running every day and my legs were all beat up. And somebody hitting you when you were running? What the fuck? No, I would, I realized I was doing a, I was doing a really bad job of stretching. Oh, okay. So what would happen was I would like I'd go for a run and then I'd come back and I would like I'm I'm a very sweaty guy as you can see. So I would come back and I'd go in my like back patio and I'd let all the sweat come off me and then I would stretch like after and I realized later what I had to do was come home and immediately stretch. Otherwise it doesn't work nearly as well. Um but then I saw all these people on bikes, mostly the Emo Brown Athletic Club and I was like Man, I want a bike so bad. 
And so I talked to my wife and I was like, all right, I want to buy a bike. Can I have a bike? And she was like, when's the last time you rode a bike? I was like, it's been 20 years. And she's like, why do you want to buy a bike? I'm like, because I... Because the boys at Emo Brown has one. <laughs> and so she was like, do a bunch of research and see if you can find a bike for 300 bucks. Why do people fucking love research, bro? You love research too. No, Mexicans do that. I was like... I need an accordion. I called the accordion plug. I said, yo, homie, I need an accordion. He's like, okay, I have this color. I have that color. I said, all right, give me this color. Boom. Two days later, I had a fucking accordion. I, tried, I didn't look up Yelp reviews. I didn't fucking. I look, I tried <laughs> I tried my Mexican bike plug. I texted you. You texted me and, and, and I legitimately put the feelers out. Did you really? Yeah. Did anyone ever respond? Bikes are hard to come across right I now. I know. Bikes are tough They're to get right now. They're super hard to yeah. get. Yeah. So I'm, I'm out there reading all these reviews of like any bike I can get for 300 or less. I went to two different bike stores. 300 or less is, oh man. It's really hard. It's really hard. Yeah. You put yourself in a fucking. I know. Oh. I realize that now. Like I didn't know how much bikes cost. Like now I'm like, oh man, you spend less than two grand on a bike you're fucking up Depends yeah. On the bike. yeah yeah so uh i went to like two or three different bike stores and like let's look at the used bikes like cheapest bike i could find was like 450 bucks mm. i'm like that's not gonna cut it and finally i start reading this stuff like oh if you want a cheaper bike you get uh, a single speed bike like a fixie a bike fixie, yeah um because they're cheap and they're like also that shit will just never break because you don't have gears to fuck her like it's just it's a it's tank it's up. a fucking yeah. tank and so i found this one that i really liked you can go listen to Make the Podgers Great Again. I tell the whole story about going to the luggage store and getting mm-hmm. that from that dude. But I found one that I liked. I found it on Craigslist. I went and I bought it. It's fucking tennis ball yellow. <laughs> and I've been riding it all over the place. But here's the thing. I'm stubborn as hell. Do you know his his buddy Preston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know Preston? Of course. <laughs> so the, the last time I was thinking about getting a bike, me, I took Caesar and Preston to DZ Agins. Ever been to DZ Agins? Yes, sir. I, oh, it's, that's right, because it's on the south Man. side of the eight. Yeah. You don't yeah. go north of the eight. It's barely on the south side of the eight. So I took him to DZ Agins, and I told Preston Pastrami that I- Pastrami and rye with a little bit of mustard and a pickle. Meow. I told shit. Preston that I wanted to get a bike and get into biking and Preston just lay and I'm like, yeah, that dude's going to give you like the fucking most outlandish bike to I'm get like, though, bro. I'm like, I feel like, I feel like if I can just get a bike, I'll be good. And Preston's like, nah, man, you got to get the the shorts. You got to get the shirt. You got to get the, the the pedals. You got to get the shoes that go with fake, the pedals. Fake news, bro. You got to get this. You got to get that. And I'm like, dude, if I buy, if I buy a $300 bike, you just added $900 on top of it of stuff. And I'm like, can I get by without that? Nah, bro. You need all that. <laughs> So I was like, all right, fuck, I don't need a bike. And this time I was like, fuck Preston. Yeah. I'm going to get a bike and I'm just going to, you know, I'll throw on my bicycle shorts. I remember my bicycle, my basketball shorts and my, my dry fit shirt. And I'll just go like, I don't need that shit. And your helmet, motherfucker. And my helmet. All right, That's, go ahead. So I bought a bike and I bought a helmet. It's the only shit I bought. And uh, I have, I live right by Lake Murray, so I've been riding Lake Murray. Right. It's oh, like that's, a, that's it's, a good ride. Yeah, it's like uh, if you go, you know, to the end and back, it's like six miles, right? So I did six miles. <laughs> well, so so I did <laughs> I did six miles a couple times. I was like, that was easy. So then I started doing twelve miles, nice. and I was like, wow, twelve miles is pretty easy too. Now you're getting to the big shit. So last weekend I saw, and yeah, I was a little buttered, but I'm gonna let you finish. Go so ahead. last weekend I did Silver Strand. Yeah. I went to Coronado, I South Bay, all, right? Yeah, I went all the way. You down. You realize you need permission to come down here. I didn't go on this side; I was on the other side. Mm, I just went down the Coronado side where the go white ahead. people are. Yeah, uh-huh. and I I went down to Imperial Beach. I turned around, well, and I rode white back. People there too, huh? <clears throat> I think so. Yeah, permission not accepted. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, Not it was, granted. I actually Come like. In. I wish I had gone down the bay side because going south on that side, I was facing like ten mile an hour headwinds and it was a pain in the ass. Speaking of pains in the ass, mm. if you ride a bike, go ahead. And you're not like familiar with it in the nether regions, and you don't listen to Preston, you don't buy the bike shorts. You know what I got now? 
saddle sores. I don't know what that is. I don't have any fucking special shorts, bro. Oh, man. I, so I just bought special underwear because I got these sores up in my ass. I also bought a new bike seat. I believe to help that's with referred this. to as herpes. What you have, those, those sores that we forget. <laughs> it's, it hurts so bad. Yeah? It's so bad. Stand I want to up off your fucking seat every don't, now and then, bro. Don't talk shit, man. Oh, yeah, we, we chicle, fucked chicle. Dude, chicle was fucked up for a couple of weeks, man. Riding bicycles is fun. It riding is. bicycles, not only is it fun, it is a little bit of like athleticism. You know, you, yeah. you, you're showing that, you know, you still got a little bit of that vigor, a little bit of that, oh, hey, I'm 20 something. I can ride a bike. I did the strand, you know, the wind, the everything. It's fun. It's athletics. It's this. And the next level for you, I mean, it's like find a group of dudes that you can ride with. And it turns into a whole new thing. Like, Where can oh, I find a group of dudes I, to ride You with? know what, dude? You're not Mexican, so don't even fucking <laughs> don't even bark up that fucking tree, bro. You I'd be the only need, one with a fixie. Need, That's why need, I can't do you it. You need like the vanilla, the vanilla, hey, the vanilla brown. No, my brother-in-law, we took him with. I feel <laughs> bad, bro. We took him with us. Okay, so all of our, every Sunday um, after August, I'm back in because during, during August, Third Avenue was shut down um, for traffic. So we had to be here at 10 in the morning and set up our outdoor shit for the brewery, whoop -de -whoop, whatever. I couldn't bike. I haven't been able to bike all of August. But in regular times, it's on every Sunday, we meet at 3 Punk at 7 in the morning. We saddle up, we get in our bikes, and we dip. Um, whether it's a ride to IB, a ride to Coronado, a ride to Little Italy, a ride to uh, Barrio Logan, whatever. We usually put at least 20, 25 miles in. The last fucking time we did this, I brought my cuñado and Sean, um, my little my, my sister's husband, a white boy, my, my one of my best friends of all time, but he's still a little soft white boy. And he brought a bike to ride with us, and we said that we were going to UCSD, bro. This was a fifty fucking mile trip, round Good trip, God. bro. Yeah, it was ridiculous, and, and we're that's a, that's a there's, pressing ride. There's like eight dudes in our group that we like legit go and when everything works out, and there's two dudes that have the whole gear you know they have the dolphin shorts the helmet with the fucking you know the aerodynamic shape and, the, and they have the gloves with the gels and they have the shorts with the butt pad all of that shit i don't have any of that dude i wear my fucking hat and i wear like a skating helmet over it bro <laughs> um i recently removed the the uh the clip-on shoes aspect to my bicycle and i said just give me the regular fucking shoes so i can wear my chucks when i ride whatever my slip-ons my brother-in-law has never ridden with us um to that extent and i said bro we're gonna go we're going to la jolla we're gonna do this ride you're gonna enjoy it it's gonna be fun from what i see on the map la jolla is pretty straight fuck i couldn't be further from the truth i felt bad um so we're, we're rolling up and that motherfucker dips out when we get to uh santa fe carl strauss the carl strauss tasting room up by what uh, santa fe off of the eight whatever yeah he stopped there I said, all right, well, we're going to finish. We're going to get to the fucking library and we're going to come back from UCSD and we'll pick you up here. He texts me, bro, they're fucking closed. I'm riding back to Little Italy. I'm going to go to the Prince's Pub, la, la, la. It's hard riding a bike, Gennaro. I know. Okay, you, you can ride the Strand. You know, you can do your six-mile runs. You need to come with us on Sunday morning, starting in September. I'll do a 2025-mile ride. You just fucking excluded him, and now you invited him back him in. in there. I want Jesus him in. Christ, make up your mind. I see want this? him in. Fuck see it. We'll do it live. Is he I Jekyll and Hyde? I, I, I want him in. Well, because he, he, don't even ask. Don't you know, even come around. You know what he realized halfway through that story? Yeah. He loves torturing white boys. Yeah, embarrassment oh, is on the horizon, bro. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's, he's, he's a bit. He's got experience. He's getting his work. He's imagining me on the side of the road, my bright yellow bike, just crying. You're calling your wife to pick you up. Yeah. Please. Please. I want to talk Padres before we wrap this motherfucker up. 
We didn't even get to all these questions. How many questions did I give you? What was I fucking it looks you like so, so you asked, you asked, uh, what did I learn during COVID? What am I reading? What am I watching? What, what am I are listening you to? Do you read? Yeah. I'm so I have a bad habit of starting books and then like I get halfway through and then I'm like, I need something else to like cleanse the palate. So and I'm usually, starting, yeah, so I'm okay. usually reading like three books at a time. Huh? So I'm, I'm literally, I just finished one. So I was reading four. Now I'm reading three. Um, I'm reading sinful seven, uh, river of doubt and in the garden of beasts. Tell me the best one. What's the one? I mean, River of Doubt is amazing, but it's just really fucking long and hard to get through. Yeah, um, layers upon layers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a true story. It's about like Theodore Roosevelt going down uh, to uh, Brazil to like the Amazon, and like he discovered rivers that no one had ever gone down before. And like, good old Teddy did almost that. Dis- almost died in the process because he was like eighty years old. Do you read? Um, Coward. Do you read physical books? No, I read. I have a Kindle. Okay. Yeah. All right. I do Audible. That's is that fine. Bad? Is that bad? No, it's I do fine. A book a it's week. funny, and I'm the I one that has a physical book. Yeah, I, I used to. I used to when I when I wait. S- you do physical books? Yeah, bro, and I you do Kindle. It. Yeah, and I do, do Audible. Yeah, yeah. I used to do Audible when I would when I had like a commute to work. Yeah, I would yeah, listen yeah, yeah. on my way to Convenient. and from work. Yeah, Convenient. soup. But now that I'm on commute, I, I never. So I just read books. At nauseum, I always say at UPS, I have six hours every morning. Yeah, six to eight hours every fucking morning. So it's podcasts, and then I have books. So I do a book a week. A book a week, bro. It's impressive. But you motherfuckers are actually like reading. I don't have that time. You know, I don't have that luxury of like sitting See, down I, and, I and watched, looking at a Kindle. I, up until sports started, and I guess, I mean, that's what we just talked about, the distractions that were necessary. I wasn't really watching a whole lot of TV. If someone said like, oh, you absolutely have to see this show. All right, cool. I might get to it. But I was doing a lot of reading during COVID. A Good. Lot. I know. You, you You were asking me for recommendations. Yeah. And, yeah, and I got almost all of them. A lot of narco shit. Can I give you? Can I give you what I'm listening to? I'd love to. Because I I put Caesar on this like two months ago. Uh oh. I think you said it was great. Yep. And then I forgot about it. And I started listening to it again last week. So there's a rapper whose name is Mr. Liff. He's what? been he's been around forever. Um, I saw him play <clears throat> the Epicenter on Miramar Road in 2004. 2005. Did he sell it out? Because yeah, I was in a band that sold it out once upon a time. <laughs> Epicenter had room for about 30 people. Uh, uh, no, it was bigger than that. And proceed. And he, he opened for Aesop Rock, who probably sold it out. Yeah, um, for sure he did. <laughs> but Mr. Lift put out an album, I think, last year uh, with a brass band that's like kind of a mariachi band. And so it's it's uh, rap over mariachi with like the drums seem to change from song to song. Like sometimes they're electronic drums, sometimes they're like marching band drums. Um, but rap over mariachi is like really, really interesting. So it's Mr. Lift and the Brass Menagerie. The Brass Menagerie? The Brass Menagerie. I love it. It's They're good. really good. You should check them out. It's good. And his lyrics are deep, man. Like, you don't just... Deeper uh, than Immortal Technique? No. Nah, then no miss sign. me with that yeah. shit. His lyrics are always like about... He he did this one album uh, years ago called Earth Crusher that was about like when he had his first kid and about all the crazy pressure you feel as a father that you Ugh. never felt before mm-hmm. about like how it changes your motivations for everything, everything. and and nothing how, is the same, Gennaro. and how scary that is and how scary especially that is to like a black guy who like keeps getting like screwed over at work and he's like man don't screw me over at work like I'm just trying to support my family like my daughter my wife um, that album's great but this album's great too but a lot of his lyrics are just really real like that. You're a new father, somewhat. My daughter's two and a half. Yeah, so that's a, that's a, that's newish. Yeah, especially when it's your first. Uh, that's my best friend you're talking about. So make sure you tried carefully here. What, what do you mean? Haley is the name of your best friend, right? Yeah. No, it's Jermaine from Oakland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we lost him. We lost him. How okay. has your life changed now? I mean, obviously, it's a fucking dumb question because it changes in every aspect. But something that you 
had on the daily as as a as a habit. How has that changed having a daughter now for the last two and a half years? It's crazy, man. Like I didn't realize how much rage I carried around with me on any given day. So that's that's a fucking honest answer, bro. And like when she got to around two, she learned how to push buttons that took me to a place that I did not want to be when I was around her. And so like there, like I've, I've come to the point where like she'll push a certain button and I'm just like, I gotta, I'm, I'm out. Like, cause yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yell at her. I'm gonna be like mean because I just have this rage that somehow she can tap into. And I never thought of myself as anything but a peaceful person. And like she has just shown me that I have so much more work to do on myself as a person to be the the not just the type of person I want to be, but the type of dad I want to be, the oh. type of model I want to be for non-stop, her. Non-stop, non-stop yeah. transformation, yeah, bro. I know you, you're the same way. And yeah. I know me, I'm the same way with three I little mean, dudes. She, I went through that this yeah. morning with her because yesterday was her first day of school, but her she mom- at, She looked great in her little dress, by the way. I know she did. Her mom took care of a lot of it. And handled it because, you know, she was at her house and I kind of let her run with that. But today was like my first day with her just one on one. And oh, my gosh, it was it's you get frustrated at time with a little shit lens. And then you realize, shit, that's me. I've got to take a step back. Yeah. I've got to be better. I've got to be more patient. Yeah. I've got to be more understanding because they mean well yeah. and they're innocent. They, don't know. they just, you know, they're adjusting to this whole new fucking crazy world just as well as we are. And they're looking at you for support. And sometimes your support isn't immediately there because you're, you're worked up. And I'm like, all right, cool. I, Dude, my I, biggest flaw as a parent is that lack, lack of, of, of fucking like patience, compassion, you know? Like, and, yeah. and it's like, Oh, and then sometimes I catch myself and sometimes I don't. And sometimes fucking wifey catches it. Cause that motherfucker catches it. Do they, do they, they, catch they ever do the thing where like you, you raise your voice a little bit and they start giggling. Not the giggling. Cause I don't have an asshole like that. Oh, no, my, my, the, 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 sec, the second I start losing patience, I'm like, Haley. And, like, and that's, that's when I realized like, wow, every fight I've ever gotten into has started this way. Like, and I'll just start throwing. And so like, that's when I'm like, Oh God, I'm going to explode at her. Like that is the meanest thing you For can do. Me, to The reality check is like, Hey, Jackson over there. And they look at me and with their big old eyes and they start getting like watery. I'm like, Oh fuck. It's like, yeah, Hey buddy, just, I need you to listen. Yeah. And wifey always catches me. He's like, yeah. you need to fucking be more patient. You need, you need yeah. to be a little oh, bit man. more understanding. They're I would, kids, appreci- I would you know? appreciate that so much more than the kids. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, but the kids look at me and, and then I'm like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't yeah. do that. You know, I mean, it's hard. I'm, I'm eight years in to being a daddy. You know, Sonny's my oldest. He just turned eight in August. And then, and still, it's like, learning. I'm still learning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, still no. learning. One day yeah. I hope to be the best. And it's know? funny because I asked her, like, you know, because we were having like a wild time trying to get things going. And then. When we were set up, I'm like, all right, let's have breakfast and then we'll start school. And then when we got to the dinner, t- dinner table, sorry, the table, she was just a little bit quiet. And I'm like, what's wrong? How She's many like, tables do you got? Nothing. And I'm like, <laughs> two. Yeah. And she was like, nothing. And I'm like, are you okay? And she goes, yeah. And I'm like, is daddy being grumpy? And she goes, a little bit. And I'm like, all right, daddy needs to get better. You're totally right. I'm sorry. Daddy's nervous, just like you're nervous. Daddy you know needs what? to take a toke of yeah, the Chiba yeah. real quick. Um, right Daddy's going to slip into that back room, get one of those uh, five milligram uh, CBD strips. Uh, from, brought uh, to you by the Balboa Avenue dispenser. Mm. Be so healthy. So, you know, and it's funny because then she's like, and she looked at me, she goes, thank you, Daddy. And I'm like, dope, man. Like, you know, you, you, you're constantly improving. And that's the one thing, man. Like, I. We're all I, assholes, Caesar. I'm, I'm obsessed with John Wooden. 
and like the books that he's written and the one quote that's always stuck with me is like what have you done to better yourself today every single day and a lot of those teaching moments for me comes from my daughter and the stuff that the way she looks at me the way she responds to me it challenges me always to be a better person you guys have daughters that's a whole different fucking ball game bro that i don't have any daughters whole i don't whole i would not game. understand how to raise a young lady it's fun like I know, honestly, honestly, honestly like I, I think i prefer it to raising a boy i wanted uh, i wanted a people, girl for the first two boys that i got I was like, people I would really always ask girl. me what do you want a boy or girl i'm like i don't care a healthy and then child as, yeah as soon yeah. as natasha was born i'm like yeah i wanted a little girl i wanted a boy until i had a girl and then i was like oh no this feels right <laughs> yeah, this, this is what this. i wanted girls and until like, i got boys <laughs> yeah and like the second the second i had a little girl like Every guy that has a daughter said the same thing to yeah, me, which is like, I get that a lot. No one will look at you the way a little girl looks at her daddy. Uh, and I that's will never know as of tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wrap. Do you have any Jeez. heroes? My hero? Yeah. Because uh, he, he was talking about like John Wooden's like a, and like if, when you were saying it, I was thinking to myself, I don't have heroes. Like specifically because. I'm too terrified, like not of cancer culture, but I'm just like, I'm too terrified to put my faith in another human being. That's not like my wife or my daughter. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. about it. Sure. And maybe Caesar. And, yeah. and that's like, that's honestly for real. Um, but damn, I, I didn't make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> were you trying you to want, kick him out of emo problem before he even got no, in? You want, you want to know something funny? Like, so me and Caesar were like, Caesar and I, Caesar and I were fuck you, man. <laughs> we're, uh, we were we were like acquaintances, like starting to become friends, kind of. And then um, me and my wife went to Dallas, which is where she was living when we first started dating. And we went to Dallas, and we were visiting with all of our friends there, and we were having like the most fun time. And we came back, and we were in San Diego. This was uh, like four years ago, and we were so depressed because we were like, man we have all these great friends in Dallas and we don't have any great friends in San Diego. And like, I have like one or two like good friends. Right. Sure. And we started talking about like, maybe we need to move to Dallas. Cause like we had tried with a bunch of different people, yep. uh, including some yep. people that won't be named. Yes. Name um, no, Caesar knows. <laughs> Caesar knows. Just, just watch how I comment on Caesar's Instagram and you'll know. Um, but we had tried with a bunch of different people to like try and turn like, you know, good friendships into great friendships yeah. or acquaintances into like good friendships. And it just wasn't going anywhere. And so we got to this point where we we're like, man, like fuck San Diego, fuck the people here. Like we're Watch so done with this. Watch your mouth. And what about, like, I'm your son. And, <laughs> Watch your mouth, boy. Watch and your mouth. I went through this like one week period where I just like picked out a couple different people and I'm like, I'm going to tell them how I'm really feeling. And Caesar was one of them. Yeah. And like I, Caesar was one of the people that I was like, I don't, I can't make good friends here. Like I try and for whatever reason, like people never receive the love that I'm trying to give them and it just never works out. And like, I've reached the point where I'm just kind of done with people in San Diego because I need someone to act like they give a shit about being my friend and they give a shit about this friendship and they want to turn it into something that's like meaningful in their life. And Caesar was like, I think the only person who literally heard that and for the next like two years, like you, we worked on our friendship yeah, to time. get to where we are now. And now it's like, I can't move away from San Diego. I don't want to leave Caesar. <laughs> it's weird saying this because you're right here next to me and you're holding my thigh. But you are a very thoughtful and, and, and caring dude. You know, I don't know if it's because you have a daughter and it's a whole different mentality raising a young lady that it changes your scope. But you, um, since we're over here cock shining you, 
You were the only dude that went to visit us at the hospital when when one of our sons was born. El Ali. Yeah, and it yeah. was like, oh wow. And wifey and I still like, oh wow, he was the only motherfucker who went. And and I showed up. With- I mean, because we specifically told everybody not to go. And you're, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's besides the fucking point. But you were still the only weenie that went over there and just to like brought beers, hung out, yeah, you know, was- hung out and just talked and congratulated and just were just were genuine, you know. People don't realize how much how meaningful that is. Like the time after a kid's born, everything's so chaotic. Yes. Like if you just show up and give a little bit of i'll never forget do you know who ryan gilbert is no you know who uh, ryan dude, gilbert Ryan's is ryan used man. to be the chef at the, the lafayette, lafayette. Now, 46 and now he's at the vista valley country club and the day after we brought my daughter home from the hospital he like just texted me and he was like what's your address and i was like i texted him the address and he was like you guys got any food allergies or anything and i was like no why he's like i'm bringing you guys dinner and I was like, what? And he pulled up like in his car with a like four course dinner for me and my wife. And and like literally I could never repay that guy. I could never thank him enough. I could never give him enough praise for that. Cause like in that moment, our whole world was spinning. And here came like the best meal I think I've ever eaten. Yeah. Just handed to us through the front door with like hey, Was it from Cuatro Mil Pas or what was it from? This dude throws down in the kitchen, man. Yeah, he's a he's a solid individual. The, the older we get, I feel like the circle gets smaller. Well, and it's funny, you know, because I will say when John and I had that conversation, and like I appreciate those candid conversations when people challenge you to a certain degree. It was right when I was going through that that cleanup of my life of trying to tighten the circle, and to have somebody challenge you like that, it makes you realize like. Well, who the fuck am I in other people's lives? If I can sit here and try to dictate that you're not in that inner circle, you're not in the circle after that and so on and so forth, where the fuck do I fall into that? And that really made me realize like, okay, not only do I need to tighten my circle because I need to be more aware and more trusting of who I let in, but I also need to become a better friend to those who are expecting that of me. And that that just went a long way into shaping who I wanted to be as a friend to other people. That's Steve, that's, was, that's, Steve was texting the whole time. You were saying, it meant a lot. It, it was very meaningful. Yeah, he, just, he, he, told, he told me how wonderful I am, and then he's like, Oh, I said is, my piece, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he fucking done talking? <laughs> it's the way you went on a tangent again, how awesome he is. <laughs> <laughs> Gennaro, what are you watching? Uh, I, I'm almost sad to say this, but um, so I'm re watching uh, Watchmen on HBO. Okay. Um, I need to start. I that. never watched that one. You haven't watched that? No, 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 no. Dude, Ken gets mad at me like almost every conversation we have. Watchmen, and I'm like, Have you ever seen the movie? No. There's a movie? Yeah. So yes. so watch watch the movie because there's a lot of like really necessary background there. Yeah, no, I trust me. I actually love the movie. Like some other people have weird thoughts about that. They're like, ah, it's not as good as it should. Everyone agrees it's good. I think it's great. Sure. Um the the series on HBO is unlike anything I've ever seen. You especially are I, going I know, to trust love me, it. Man. I, um, I feel like I let down Ken every time he brings it up. I'm like, sorry. Like, <laughs> this is I, like, I let you down, didn't I? This is, uh, you did, never, nobody wants to let Ken down. Gonna, we all know that. I'm going to bring up, I'm going to bring up Craig Elston. Like I know a lot of people that will, will text me and stuff. And I think this way about Craig too is like, I can't keep up with him with how much stuff oh, he watches. No, no. And it's like how he's got a wife and a kid. Like yeah. how like I have a wife and a kid and I have Oh, and they said he has a wife and COVID. No, like, he has, yeah, now he does. Well, apparently. Yeah. I, I, 
I have like maybe, maybe an hour to watch something on TV every night by myself if I want to stay up a little bit later than my wife. Maybe an hour. That's why it's taken me like three months to fucking watch uh, Ozark. Right. It would take me three months to get through Ozark too. I'm on the final show finally. And Craig gets through Ozark in like a day and I don't understand how. Because he's forever on quarantine. You know what's funny? Craig's always like, oh, you've seen this? You've seen this? You got to see this. I was about to start the third season of Ozark. And I got one episode in, and I stopped, and I went, nah, I'm going to go back and rewatch everything just to refresh myself. And now I'm back up to, like, midway through season two. But again, like I told you guys, I haven't been watching as much TV, man. Like, I've been soaking in my my books. I've been soaking in my meditation. I'm incredibly fucking busy at work, so I, I feel bad when, like, people ask me about that. And I used to be able to be like, hell yeah, because my insomnia is the perfect goddamn reason to watch every show. And now I don't have that as bad. Like him and I were talking about it. Although I will say you and I didn't get into this last time when we got into the sleep subject, but holy fuck. Well, I don't know if it's the marijuana. Cause I've heard people talk about how marijuana. like certain things can trigger what you're dreaming about. But in the last month to six weeks, I've had some fucking crazy weird and intense dreams and i just talked to karen about this because she was having like the same issues but my goodness man i've had some really fucked up dreams some really intense dreams and some other dreams where i'm just like huh there was a whole piece that came out uh how the pandemic has created this situation yeah people having weird dreams yeah people having weird dreams because they're stressed yeah there's more on your mind bro there's there's the unknowing you know not knowing someone once described dreaming to me as they were like okay when you're awake your brain is just a center where it's it's getting uh it's it's importing information from your senses mm-hmm. and then dishing out like how to think how to feel about that right? right and it's like when you're asleep it's not getting anything from your senses and so it's like this is your brain with absolutely no input whatsoever so it's basically free to roam around and go That's to di- r- different places um i think my dreams have been mostly fine except the other day uh i had a dream I have a dream uh, where I, I woke up at like Martin, Martin. <laughs> I woke up at like five thirty in the morning and I had had this dream where I couldn't find my daughter like we had we were at like a party oh, we were, man, we were no. no 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 we were we were at a pool party and like my I thought my wife was watching her and she thought I was watching her. I I didn't even tell my wife about this and all of a sudden I turn around and like my wife's talking to someone I don't see my daughter anywhere and I'm like where the fuck is she. And I'm like, I'm like, Rebecca, Rebecca, where is she? And she looks around. She's like, I don't know. And I see her at the bottom of the pool. Uh. And so I dive in to the bottom of the pool and she's, she's awake. She's alive, but she's sitting at the bottom of the pool, just breathing in water and like scared out of her mind. And so I like pull her out of the pool, throw her on the, the side, like water starts pouring out of her mouth and I wake up and like, there's so much adrenaline that I had to immediately stand up when I woke oh, up. Yeah. Like I couldn't, I couldn't sit up. I couldn't stay in bed. No. I immediately stood up and I was like, well, I guess I'm getting up now. When like, yeah. Fixie, went for a cruise around the neighborhood. I should have <laughs> worked some of that off. Seriously, dreams man. Dreams are I, fucking crazy, man. Yeah, man I've woken I've, up crying from dreams. Yep. I've woken up like hyperventilating from dreams. I've had more than a few. Again, and it's been like the past six weeks where those have been so intense that I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? Like I have no idea, and then like I was telling what's Karen, what's this? Like some white women all the time. Huh? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I never sleep there. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <Estupid>. <laughs> um, no, it's like, and some of the dreams, 
I'm remembering that they're in the same places. And Karen was like, well, you should talk to somebody or Google and like find out. I'm like, fuck no, I don't want to find out what yeah. this shit means. We're <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to go that far I down the road. real problems yeah. I don't want to know about. I, I, I've dealt with enough problems. I don't need more to fucking deal with. No, but it's funny because like, you know, I, I still talk to my therapist through like Zoom sessions and, you know, we get into some of that stuff. But some of the stuff, I'll be honest, like I'm not comfortable telling her that stuff because I'm like, yo, eh, we're not ready to go down that hole yet. Let's let's fix all the other fuck ups first. Gennaro, we've said a lot today. We've said a lot. I think we've said it all except for the Padres. I want to talk about the Padres, puto. I thought we tried. We Did tried. We, we tried. And this motherfucker wanted to brag about what he's reading, what he's watching. <laughs> well, because you did ask him. <laughs> you wait, no, they, there's, there, was, there, was, there was one last question. Oh, was the last, oh, last, last, last one. one. Last question. Well, did was, I, I ask these questions? You did. All right, I, cool. I, have, I, have a tech, I have a text message conversation. I'm the ready. last question was, you, was like, hey, you, you work in sports. You know the local. Who's the biggest douche you've ever yes. dealt with in sports in San Diego? Okay, so. And, I, and, I said, and I said easy answer. And you were like, good. Do you have a lot of FaceTime with athletes being involved in your area of employment? Uh, so I used to, when I ran Bolts in the Blue, I had a lot of FaceTime with Chargers players and coaches. That's about the extent of okay. it. Um, I've met a handful of people with the Padres, players and stuff, like one off here and there, but I don't get a lot of FaceTime with them. Who is it? Vincent Jackson. Mr. DUI? Without question. Why? What did he do? First of all, he got a bunch, bunch of DUIs. Yeah, Mr. Colorado State. Um, I also made jokes about all of his DUIs on Twitter, and he sent me some really mean messages in response. Uh, my DMs were lit that day. Um, but the first day I was ever in a Chargers locker room, I was nervous as hell, right? Like, you, you if you've never been in a professional locker room, it's fucking nerve-wracking. And so I'm like, I'm doing the best I can. There was actually uh, one dude who I think might still be with the Chargers named Jamal LaFrance, uh, who was really, really awesome. And he was like coming up to me and he's like, you can do this, man. Like, go talk to him. He's super nice. Like, he was pointing me in the right direction. He was trying to help me out. And I went around. I talked to a couple of dudes and I start building up confidence. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go talk to Vincent Jackson because he's just sitting there not doing anything. He's For like, a reason. he's one of the stars of the team. And. I go, to, I go and I walk up to him and I'm like, I'm like, uh, Mr. Jackson, do you have time to, and he just reaches behind him. There's like a boom box playing and he just cranks the music all the way up. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's a coincidence. And so I walk away, I talk to someone else and I come back, I realize the music's down. And I'm like, would now be a good time to, and he just turns around he turns the music all the way back up and just stares at me. And I'm like, all right, man, fuck you. And I just, I walked off and like Sean Phillips, who everyone thinks is an asshole, but I thought was a super cool guy. I met him. Sean Phillips saw the whole thing happen. And so I was like walking out of the locker room and he was like, Hey little man, come here. And I like, he walked, called you little man. He did call me little man. <laughs> yeah, have you seen Sean Phillips? Yeah. yeah. And, and so, so I, I walked over to Sean Phillips and he was like, he's like, why don't you, why don't you sit down? We're going to talk for a minute. And I was like, cool. And I sat down and he gave me like a really, really good interview. And then when I was walking out, he was like, he's like, Hey, V Jax, that's how do you do it? That's how you do it. And I was like, that dude is cool. Like, and Kevin AC and a bunch of other people probably tell you like, oh, Sean Phillips, biggest asshole, whatever. Like that dude was always really nice to me. And I had like four more encounters with Vincent Jackson that were equally dickish. Really? I had like a couple with Kasim Osgood that were really dickish, but that was my fault. He's a local boy. What's wrong with that you? That was my fault. I uh, fucked that up. Yeah, man. You follow him on Instagram? Who? Kasim Osgood? Yeah. No. That boy is hard right, pro Trumper, pro is he really? conspiracy is he really? theory. Yeah. Oh, yes, oh man. He 
he, he was posting some shit. And I'm like, look, man, like, again, like, I don't hate people for that nonsense. But some of the, like, conspiracy shit he was posting, I'm like, earther? dog. Que calmado, we calmado. No, no, I don't think he ever posted anything to that regard. But just. He might be, though. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I well. get into it, man. I was like, Ugh. anybody on the Padres? Give me some Padre juice. Uh oh, I got, I got like, I got old Padres juice, but nothing that anyone would care about. Um, and nothing that I would probably want to say on here. But like, bitch, out with it. What's wrong with you? This is Emo Brown. Let's just say that uh, there was there was a certain manager of the team that had a, a daughter that really liked players on the Padres for Bruce a while. Bochy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Jack McKeon. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I if I've met like any of the players on the current team, and I think the answer is no. Oh, I met Austin Hedges a couple times. Nice guy. That's mm. about it. That's all I got. Yeah. Do we have a chance for the playoffs? Of course. It's, it's like 16 teams going to the playoffs. That's that's. What move do we have to make by Monday there's, trading there's, deadline? There's more than half of the teams in baseball are going to make the playoffs. Like it'd be absurd if they didn't make. What move do they have to make? Um. I gotta call up Mackenzie Gore. Yeah, what do you do with Marahon? Keep throwing him out there. He'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Kid's got a crazy, crazy slider. Patino, destined for the bullpen or stretch him out and make him a fucking starter. Bullpen this year, starter next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's too wild to be a starter this year. Why is Profar still on the fucking squad? Because he walks a lot. That's it. Yeah, and because we have Billy Bean in the front office. And because because he can play a lot of defensive positions. And yeah, he's so fine. can fucking Cronenworth, dude. I can't play left field. Profar's the starting left fielder right now. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. Yeah. Ugh. He's do been we, hitting better lately. Do we trade for an outfielder? No, you sign Yasiel Puig. What do we do with CJ Abrams now that Cronenworth is here? <laughs> uh, CJ Abrams was probably always destined to be turned into a center fielder. So turn him into a center fielder. Maybe play him in left field in a couple years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I like Cronenworth. I like Grisham. So I don't want to move Grisham from there. Well, you can play Abrams and left or whatever. What would have happened if we had a healthy bullpen with fucking Jose Castillo, Andres Munoz, and fucking Gerardo Reyes back there? Probably the same shit that happened. You think so? Yeah, we just get blown up and everyone get injured. So how the fuck did Drew Pomeranz, like handle his shit and do well until he got hurt? And he got hurt. Yeah. Everyone either... Is it just because of the fucking shortened season and all the fucking everything that's leading into this year that's caused everybody to get hurt? I imagine. Like... So here's the thing is like spring training games, like normally like the starting pitchers this is nine inning games and like the starting pitchers pitch like four of them. So like relief pitchers get so many appearances during spring training and they got like, you know, not even half of that in like spring training against their own team before they started. So I'm thinking that's why like bullpens across the league have been pretty bad. Like Padres have been especially bad. They're like 27th out of 30th in like bullpen war, but we're getting better, bro. We're getting yeah. better. It'll be don't, fine. Don't give me the Gennaro It'll fucking be fine. Shit. It'll be fine. They just got to... It's growing pains. What happened to Greg Garcia? He's not as good as Cronin. <laughs> Fuck no, bro. <laughs> and he and he's not he's not a good as, as good a defender as Profar, or at least can't play left field like Profar. How far out is Campusano? <sighs> not this year. No? No. Next year? Hopefully. Yeah. I, it depends on what he's doing at, at USD, but hopefully we'll... Yeah, I mean, we'll probably nobody see. knows what's going on in USD, huh? That's like a fucking you know what's so the Guantanamo Pod- Bay. The shit, Padres bro. are so secretive about everything. As I was, they should be. I respect that. I was watching uh, like two days ago. The Dodgers, Dodgers have their you know taxi squad somewhere, some local college or whatever. They literally were televising the taxi squad game 
where like that like half of the team played the other half of the team on like Twitter and Facebook and shit. And then I found out they do this for like most of the games. Like most days, you can tune in and watch their young players play against each other. And the Padres are like, no, 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 no media, no cameras, no one's allowed to know. I can like, respect that. They're so secretive. I can respect that. Is Chris Paddock as good as you think he is? <clears throat> as he thinks he is? Yeah. No. He's not, huh? No. He thinks he's the best pitcher who ever he's played baseball. He might be a bullpen arm. He might yeah. be a really good closer. You think so? He might be a really good closer. Fucking Bob Marley shot him. Jesus Christ. I think he would be a really good closer. I mean, I'm, he's got electric stuff. If you've just formulated that into that one, two innings, I, I could see that. But... Judging the way he started out games, I mean, he'd have to change his mentality a bit, right? Because he gets rocked in the first inning and then cleans up the house a little bit after that. Probably not. Like most guys, when they go from starter to bullpen, they're like, they're trying to save something. Sure, sure. When they start out the start, whereas like they come in out of the pen and. But he doesn't strike me as that type of guy. He strikes me as like, ah, let's go for it. Usually when you move someone to the bullpen, their like miles per hour on their fastball goes up like two, sure. maybe three. And like if that happened to him, he would be That's really what dangerous again. Yeah. Yeah. He'd yeah. be he'd be really God, dangerous Pomeranz again. Pomeranz is a huge loss. Fuck. Why Great. all of a sudden, once upon a time the Padres were heavily in the white genre. All white pretty much. And now that we're very, very foreign, I feel like we get more hate. We get more attention. We're under the spotlight a lot more. But now, like swinging on three and zero, bases loaded, up by seven, whatever. I feel like we just got a lot of a lot of unnecessary heat. But it was from people that look like you and not like Caesar and me. Yeah, <laughs> you why? don't need you don't need me to tell you why. You know why? I want to hear it because there's a lot of racist fucks in this county. Why? Why are there a lot of racist fucks in San Diego? As it relates to baseball, though. What? what, what? I can understand it's America's pastime and it's like a good old boy sport, but it's one thing that's bothered me and it's, it just seems like it's more more like out there and, and like people seem to accept it more. It's like I, I feel like now that we are a more minority forward team, bro, there's like four white dudes on the squad now. Man, there was a time in the NBA and it was not that long ago where players started dunking for the first time and like they took so much heat because it was the black players that were dunking because they could jump higher than the white players and everyone hated the black players like you're ruining this game this is not how it's played showboat it's supposed to be set shots and skill this is not athleticism blah 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 and what happened they said shut fuck up and the game progressed the way it did and the nba is wonderful this is uh, a natural progression in baseball where white people are going to have to accept that it's not really a white person sport anymore, or at least not to the degree that it used to be. And I did some more thinking after you and I talked about baseball and like the unwritten rules and how like some of them like, yeah, I agree with. And I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, man, some of those are outdated. And, you know, some of the best experiences I've had, and you guys talked about this on Make the Padres Great Again, was going to the World Baseball Classic. Oh, man, for sure. Puerto it's a Rico was here. Dominican was here. Have you ever been to Toros game, bro? Yes. No, like, but I want to go. Are, those, are, those are what we are aspiring to become, I almost feel like. What happens in the dugout after anybody hits a home run who's not Will Myers, it's like they go fucking crazy in the dugout, bro. They go bananas in the dugout now, but that's what happens in the crowd every day, all yeah. day. There's bands, there's tacos, there's fucking snacks, beers, everything. Mm-hmm. It's a party in the stands. Yeah. Why can't we be like that? 
I mean, it I should mean, be like that. Ticket holder, I go to all the fucking games with the boys, and and, and we I've, love it. I've been wondering that too for years now, and like I think the honest answer is the baseball, you know, turns its nose up at it, and there's been countless uh, ex- people telling stories about like doing something at Petco Park and having like an usher coming out. Oh, you got to sit down. Yeah. You're blocking the view. Crazy. You yeah. can't make too much noise Crazy. because. And it's just like, I'm here, I'm celebrating. I want to charge the stands with energy to help my team and express and have fun. And they're just like, no, no, sit down. That's too much fun. Can we get a Clevenger type pitcher? And what would it take? I don't know. Not, I don't. I have no idea what the trade market is this year. It's silly this year. I don't know if teams are going to be expecting more or less or what. Do we stick with Hosmer and Myers now that they're showing a little bit of positive... Return on investment. You never really had an option. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's something out there, especially now more than ever. Now more than ever. You could maybe trade one of them now, but I mean, team looks pretty good. Right. You know, now that as me and Craig were saying on the last make the Padres great again, like now that Myers and Hosmer don't have to be like two the the, guys, the two best players on the team or two of the three best players on the team, like they can just relax and, and work on their craft and be better. Padres Twitter. What do you think about that? Not a big fan. No, you're not? No. no. Why? Uh, because they're bullies. Yeah. And because they are the epitome of if you don't believe what we believe, we're going to bully you about it. And I just don't fuck with that line of thinking. Who's the biggest bully on Padres Twitter? Caesar. Damn. I hate all of Caesar's you. Caesar's big. Your goddamn guts. No, and again, we've talked about this, I think, in one of the podcasts. Like, I met. Janeiro through Twitter. I met Ken through Twitter. I met Chris. I met Twitter Ray. was a better place. Then. Yeah, man. Ken, like oh my, some of my best friends have come through this and I'm like, and now I look at it and I'm like, I don't want to be friends with any of you. Like it's not, I go on there to like randomly shoot shit off, but not to the extent that I used to spend there. It's like a toxic space. Now I feel like everyone's just, it, it's, it's what we talked about earlier. It's I'm going to come on here and tell you why you're wrong. And if you don't listen to me, then I'm going to tell you louder why you're wrong until you agree with me. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to sign off and not respond. If this is the year, in fact, that we can get to the World Series, do you dump players in order to get that special piece? No. Teams already has its special pieces. Yeah. It has Tatis. It has Machado. It has Grisham. It has uh, Gore and Patino. And you're not like... And again, Yasiel Puig is a free agent. So, like, I don't think you need another special piece. You have, like, five of them. I've been told I have a special place. Piece? Yeah, that too. <laughs> Gennaro, thank you. We talked about everything today. Just about. Just we talked about, about everything. How Was that, like, five-hour podcast? Mm, two Six. hours. Perfect. Yeah, cool. No, Everyone will listen to 35 minutes I'll, and we'll put them to sleep. I'll, I'll let you know that I get good feedback on our podcast. You know, something you should take to SB Nation. Let them know. <laughs> Be let like, them hey, he'll, he'll, do- he'll deliver a two-hour podcast where they talk uh, Padres for 10 minutes at Everything, the end. Whatever you want. I'm very, I, I adhere <laughs> but, to policy But those rules. 10 minutes are, are solid. special. Soft They're special. Lid. Yeah. Caesar. Yeah. I don't know why you came, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank Genera you very much, here without both me. of you coming. Gennaro, you're always welcome on here, bud. I just like listening to your voice. I'll just pack myself over there next time. That's awesome. Whatever whatever it takes. You too, Caesar.
It's too late for that. Thank you very much. Don't forget to vote for Emo Brown for one of the best podcasts in San Diego. It's an opportunity to put this Mexican on the map. Thank you. That is a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Pay our website a visit, emobrown.com. That's where you can find access to all of our episodes, information on how to join the Patreon, Emo Brown, the social club, as well as pick up all of our merch, hats, shirt, patches, masks, todo el pelo. As always, our episodes are brought to you by the wonderful people at the Miso Healthy Company, award-winning, true, full-spectrum CBD, grown in California and sold worldwide. Lolita's Mexican Food. Patience is the essence of fine Mexican food. Located all throughout the San Diego County, specifically near dear home, Chula Vista, Balboa Avenue Dispensary for all your medicinal or recreational cannabis needs. Follow them, the Balboa Avenue Dispensary. Thank you very much. If you ever want to reach us, leave us a message, ask a question, share a thought, or just say hello, give us a call. 619-728-9300. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon.